Hello and welcome to Little Things with Amber Lee Swenson. I'm super happy that you decided to join me today. Today's topic is called Forget About Perfection. <laughs> but first, let me tell you a little bit about me. I have been writing and teaching Bible studies for the past 15 years. I've worked with women, youth, Sunday school. I've been blogging for Time of Grace since 2017. I've written two books for them. Really what you need to know is that I love the Lord and I love the Word of God. And I find that the deeper I go into the Word of God, the more astounded I am that He loves us and that He notices us and that He cares so deeply about our lives. And my role is really to get people into the Word and to show them how awesome it is and to really get them to a place that they want to know and love God more. That's kind of my mission in life in a nutshell. And by the end of this episode, I hope that you will have put the whole concept of perfection behind you and just be ready to live your life and live in God's grace and move forward and get through the struggle (laughs) because that's where I'm at. So the reason this topic is becoming uh, a topic and an episode is because in the last week, two of my children made some poor choices. And as we were talking through them separately, one of my children said something to the extent of, you know, it's really hard to talk to you about this because you didn't struggle with us. And in that moment, I realized that I have really failed as a parent because, first of all, I don't want my kids to think that I made perfect choices growing up because I certainly didn't. And second of all, um, I haven't really been open maybe in discussing the ways that I'm, you know, floundering even now. And um, or at least this child didn't see it in the moment. And so it really took me aback and it made me realize that it has to be addressed in our family and just openly. And I think a lot of ministries are doing this. Transparency in ministry is really a big deal um, these days, much more so than in years past when we used to put leaders up on pedestals. We don't do that anymore. We understand that everybody is is continually struggling through their own struggle and with their own weaknesses and their sinful nature. And so I I think we understand that um, leaders aren't any better (laughs) than we are. They might be further along on their journey or they may have conquered and overcome some things or they may have better um, safeguards in place to keep them from falling. But that doesn't mean that they're somehow better or more perfect than we are. So in this episode, we are going to explore some things from the Bible and some quotes, as we always do, to hopefully get to the point of realizing the perfection is just unattainable and it's not worth our time to even strive towards that. And in fact, that's not where um, we should even be concentrating and that God doesn't actually want that from us. So let's not, let's not deal with that. Let's not, let's not worry about perfection. Let's worry about where we're at and what we can do going forward. So to begin, I want to just point out what you already know, and that is that God was so gracious in writing the Bible 
to be honest and open with us about the flaws of our heroes in faith. You cannot read about a hero in faith without realizing that they were also a very flawed person. In fact, I'm super happy, as I'm sure most of you are, that the Bible has already been written, so I don't have to worry about my life story being (laughs) in the pages of Scripture. And praise God that um, all those people who ended up on Scripture in Scripture were there for our learning so that we can see and learn from them what not to do or what to do. But really, truly, when you read the pages of Scripture, as I hope all of you do, I mean, you see that everybody flailed a little bit. Abraham, you know, he got nervous when he went into foreign territory. He lied, and his trust wavered. Um, Jacob, who was Israel, who who birthed the 12 tribes of Israel, he was a deceiver. He fell into trickery multiple times. Um, Samson, my word, he had a thing for godless women. Um, Esther, you know, she had to be talked into helping. She just didn't have the courage. Uh, Moses had this fiery temper, which we see more than once. Uh, Peter, always putting his foot in his mouth, coming up with these silly plans, uh, thinking last, acting first. Um, these people of faith that we look up to and that, you know, we, we read about them and we study them. Very, very flawed. And what a gift that is to us that God determined that it would be for our good to know just how flawed they were. So whatever sin it is that you're dealing with, um, someone in Scripture dealt with it too. You got pride, so did Saul, the first king of Israel. You have sexual temptations that you're struggling to get under control. Well, look at David. Look at Samson. Um, Struggle with um, just your calling in life. So did Esther. (laughs) Talk too much. So did Peter. Um, Complain a lot, Martha. I mean, it's just God was so gracious to give us these examples. So why why are they there except to encourage us that God is not after perfection? Clearly, if he was, none of us would be usable to him. And that's not the way he decided his kingdom would work. He has decided to work through very flawed people. And so he knows going in that we are going to come with our struggles and our sins and our weaknesses. And he's just, you know, opening up his arms and welcoming us and glad to have us there. Um, I think the other thing that is important for us to realize is that the imperf- imperfections that we have, our weaknesses, are often the very things that endear us to other people. <laughs> so, you know, after a person dies, the things that we often talk about are their struggles, right? Oh, they could not cook to save their life. You know, remember when she made that goulash and we all were trying to, you know, those are the things that we remember, right? Or, you know, oh, grandma couldn't keep a secret for anything. Did she tell you about what she was getting? Yeah, she told me to. Yeah, blah, blah, blah. You know, my husband, God bless him. He's a extremely funny guy and nicest guy, super good listener. But um, one thing that he does not do well, (laughs) he is not much of a planner. So he is very impulsive. You know, when we, he likes to do things very spontaneously. And of course, I'm just the opposite. I am a planner to a T. And so five or six years ago, he decided that for our family vacation, he was going to plan the trip. 
And what he meant by that, which none of us understood, which we should have because we knew him, is that meant he wasn't going to plan the trip and we are going to be just, you know, super laid back about everything, get up each day, figure out what we wanted to do. And that's the trip that he wanted. Well, he also told me in the process that he did not want me to pack for him because, you know, prior to this, I packed for him, I packed for the kids. So we reach our destination and we're taking these beautiful family pictures um, on this pier And I just happened to look over and I said, hey, that's kind of a ratty old shirt that you're wearing. Why don't you throw on a different shirt? Because, you know, these are good family pictures. They may end up in a frame in our living room. And he looked down and he said, well, this is the only shirt I brought. And the kids and I looked at him and we're like, we're going to be up here for four days and you did not bring another shirt? No, no. So we ended up, of course, going and down the street to one of the shops, buying him another shirt. But... um, Day three in that trip, too, we couldn't find a place to stay. So every hotel was booked. There's six of us in our family, so we can't just have, you know, a twin-size bed or two. And um, so that still is a really funny memory for our kids and for me that we relive often because, you know, he's just not a planner. And that remember when Dad tried to plan the trip? And, uh, you know, it's still a joke, even as we're driving to the airport, you know, I will have packed all his stuff and he'll say something like, do you have my razor along? Yep. Yep. I have your razor. Yeah, dad. She also packed another shirt for you. So, (laughs) you know, some of those imperfections that we struggle with and that we're somewhat self-conscious about, those are the things that other people think about and that make us human to other people. So we shouldn't try so hard to cover them up and pretend like we're perfect because you know what people are smiling when they're thinking of us because of those very things max lucato has a quote that says haven't you shouldered that guilt long enough let grace happen for heaven's sakes you know when we're striving for perfection we're not letting god's grace cover our weaknesses and our struggles um you know we're somehow trying to avoid them or cover them up ourselves And that's not really the way to do it. Guess what? You struggle. You're not perfect. I'm not either. Let's just let God's grace do its job and cover everything that we've done and everything that we will do. Because this is a lifelong struggle. This isn't something that you certainly all of a sudden reach an age that you've got it all down. That doesn't happen. Isaiah 26 verse 3 says, You will keep in perfect peace him whose mind is steadfast because he trusts in you. And I think that's what we should strive for. So we're not going to have perfection, the side of heaven, but what we can have is perfect peace. And that means that at the end of a day when we have screwed up royally, we've lost our temper or made some really questionable choices or done something we deeply, deeply regret, At the end of the day, we can have perfect peace knowing that when we go to Christ and ask for forgiveness, his sacrifice covered, even that. And and that's what we're striving for, not to act perfect, but to have perfect peace. There are two quotes on Pinterest. Um, Both aren't attributed to any particular person. One says, I never want to be that kind of Christian who portrays themselves as perfect. I have flaws and I have struggles, and that's why I need Jesus. And that 
is exactly why it's important that we don't try to make it look as if we have our lives all together. Because if we have our lives all together, then what is the purpose of being a Christian? We need Jesus every day, every hour to get through our struggles and our weaknesses and to make right decisions. And that just reminds me too, by the way, that God promises us, one of the promises that we can cling to, he says when we're tempted, he will provide a way out. And so as we fall one time or two times or three times into that same sin, we have to start looking for the way out. Not so that we can say we're perfect, but because we can say through Christ, we can overcome. The other quote from Pinterest says this, When God designed the plan for your life, it wasn't dependent on you being perfect. Your mistakes are not a surprise to him. And I am continually surprised at how um, awesome it was that God brought my husband and I together. Because just as that example that I told you earlier shows, we complement each other so well. The things that I struggle with are not things he struggles with. And he is super laid back, and I am super type A. And you know what? I need him in my life telling me to relax. And he needs me in his life so I can plan. And um, just that whole concept of what this quote said, that it's not a mistake that um, we have the weaknesses that we have. God knew that these are the weaknesses that we were going to have, and he put people around us to help us with that. And I think that's where we need to go. We need to have friends around us who will, with constructive criticism and with love, remind us when we're falling astray or remind us there's a better way or encourage us to keep going in Christ, to you know, put the past behind us and to try to get past that one thing that's bogging us down. And that's a really important thing. Toby Mack said, you only fail when you stop trying. And listen, I have said for years, as long as you're still struggling, you are in the battle. And that's where we want to be. We want to be battling in God's kingdom. We want to be warriors, fighting it out. So as long as I'm still struggling, I'm still in the game. If I curl up in a ball, I'm not in the game anymore. I'm saying, I can't do it. I can't overcome this. This is too big for me. No, it's not. Come on, guys. Yeah, some days are hard. Some choices we make are not good. Okay, turn to Christ. That was a bad choice. I'm sorry. Help me to do better next time. Now keep going. Keep fighting. Stay in the game. So I hope that clears up some things about perfection and just the idea of it being super unattainable and that God knew that and that's not what he expects from us. And I also just want to acknowledge that the world we are in right now, this world where everybody always has a camera, um, it's hard to navigate. And it's, um, it's one in which we all have to constantly be growing and thinking about other people. People are always taking pictures, and they're not always very flattering. And I run into this myself. When I'm at an event... <laughs> People can be taking pictures of me and I'm talking to people. I have my mouth open or, you know, whatever. They're not necessarily flattering pictures of me that they post on, on Facebook or whatever. Um, you know what? It's not about me being perfect and picture perfect. It's real life, right? 
But in my family, I try to make sure that we understand that it's not fair to take pictures or videotape people when they're not looking and then show other people. I mean, that's that's not the, what we're going to do in our family. We're going to give each other a little bit more grace than that. Do we do it perfectly? Absolutely not. But we keep working at it and we keep trying. And we have to just have the grace to not expect perfection from each other. So rest in that tonight. Whatever you've done, whatever struggle you're in, God doesn't expect perfection. He had perfection in Jesus. That's, that's been achieved. So it's not up to you to do it. Um, just keep working in his kingdom because he loves you and he wants you. And we all do. This has been little things because in God's kingdom, the little things are the big things. If this message was helpful, please like it and share it with your friends. And don't forget to remember time of grace with your prayers and your financial contributions so we can share this message and others would like it with many more people. 